Welcome back to another edition of the Power Podcast. This week I'm joined by Forty. Hey, hey, hey. And Ham. Ahoy. And we might have Birdies having some tech issues, but we'll see how he goes along. Um, so let's start up today. Big day in Parramatta Eels news. Um, first, the uh, news about Ryan Madison potentially uh, apparently meeting with the Eels today. Um, what can you guys tell us about that? Do you know any inside word, or it's just one of the couple of teams that he's going to meet? Uh, no, probably just a couple of teams he's going to meet. I reckon. Yeah, well, he was billed. He, that was his first official meeting as well. It was phrased by Widler and the NRL today. And then I believe he's got something scheduled with his one-time Holden Cup coach and now Titans head coach Justin Holbrook next week. So, yeah, he's just um, you know, obviously um, kicking the tyres on a couple of clubs that are interested in him. Um, yeah, remains to be seen where we're going to go because I don't think he's the only fish that we're looking to to hook in or you know keeping our options open. There's a couple of you know quality back roles that are, may or may not be on the market depending on how you you ask them a certain question a certain week between twice twice and Tyson Frizzell and Angus Crichton and Jai Arrow and um, you know, and maybe even David Fafita. So, Paramount is going to have a finger in a lot of pies, I think, in the coming weeks. And then the signing of our new assistant coach. Uh, so, Mr. Harry Mick Potter uh, has been out. Avada Kedavra, and- as um, Ron put so eloquently. <laughs> um, and then we've uh, appointed Ryan Carr, who was this, uh, was he, he was the coach at uh, formerly Featherstone Rovers and Raiders Feeder Club Mounties. Um, Featherstone went within a – didn't they play in the Million Pound game this year? I want to say well, – Aren't they a few down? They're second tier, oh, no, I they? think Yeah, they're second tier. I'm pretty sure they played in the Million Pound that game does, that does to sound... get into the top league this season uh, – for next season. Against um, the the Wolves, right? The Wolf That's pack. right, against uh, Toronto. Uh, Toronto, the Wolfpack. Soon to be signing Sonny um, Bill Williams. <laughs> yes, potentially. Um, so, uh, your thoughts on that signing as well? I'm I'm excited. Um, we've we've seen a trend in the NFL for those that follow and know in the podcast that myself, Hamish, and Bertie are all pretty you know big followers of the NFL. Young coaches, oh, and don't uh, forget him. Uh, all of us, and all of Ham, us Ham recently adopting sort of the Packers. Um, that no, like day one. Yeah, yes, they did. I th- I think um I think uh, Ham was going to give us a. The rundown in the, in the wrap-up? Well, well, no, not the win, but the, the, the similarities between the appointment of the GM for the Packers and the, and the GM for the Eels. <laughs> That'll be a bit later. But a bit later, stay okay. Stay tuned, but fans. My, my point being is that there's now been, now been a trend towards um, younger coaches getting appointed, and it makes things very you know, interesting because they bring a different point of view that isn't always so entrenched in, in sort of fundamental old-school rugby league or old-school NFL. So I'm interested to see what he can bring to this team because he's, what, 32, 33? Is that what we decided or what we figured out he was? Yeah, because yeah, uh, there was an article I read that last year he was 30, but I don't know if he's, you know, depends on where his birthday is and when that article's written. Mm-hmm. So it could be 31, 32, 33, I think. And um, just, just how he's appointed would be interesting too because Mick Potter was officially an NRL assistant, but he had like a more uh, hands-off like general NRL program role, if, if it was how he was announced going back a year or so. So I wonder if they're just going to resold that particular role and appoint him as a direct assistant coach to um, the NRL operations or not. And do we know if he's a bit defensive-minded? Because I think we've all suggested our issues with uh, Mr. Kiwi. Um, <laughs> key is the we. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, Wouldn't have a clue. This well, no, no clue. That's something we have to wait. Something we have to wait to see in the preseason how things unfold as far as his responsibilities and and what the initial feedback is about uh, how he um, sort of handles operations. All right. Well, then let's jump into the review of the PMs thirteen. Uh, good performances from the two eels or three eels. They got a fair bit. Blake well, Ferguson scored a try. Eels got a fair bit of ga- game time. Um, but then Reed and and uh, Nathan Brown not getting as much game time. Uh, but Gutho, what was it? Was it three tries and a try assist or two tries? Three tries, two try assists, I think. Because he he yeah, yeah. he turned um he turned the right winger inside for the first try or second try, and then he threw the big cutout ball that put uh, Blake Ferguson, who was in Australia, over in the left corner for the second uh, second third try. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Blake Ferguson. <laughs> yeah, Blake had a really good game sitting on the couch. <laughs> I, I, I understand that he was probably on, like on a on a simulcast in Australia, or maybe he was over there. The the guy who does the um he does the junior rep finals and whatnot. But how do you follow rugby league and not know that that's not Blake Ferguson? I don't understand that. Oh my goodness. Oh, it's all good. As I said uh, in the Discord, the colour guy for Fiji was, he reminded me of all the guys for the Alice Springs trial that was on yeah. the local Aboriginal radio. <laughs> <laughs> it was enjoyable, um, but yeah, maybe not uh, a bit light on the facts. Oh, yeah. Uh, nah, but yeah, good, perfor- good performances from Moses and uh, Gutho, as you'd expect over that Fijian side. And uh, we were sort of hoping that uh, Reed would get a bit more time. Yeah, it was unfortunate. I, I was a little bit disappointed in the crowd because the PNG fixture always sells out to a raucous home crowd there. But I wonder if there was something behind the pricing of the tickets or there was something clashing because the crowd was pretty poor there. But yeah, as far as the Eels concerned, like you said, Guffer oh, Moses was Big uh, Eels support there. Yeah, that's true. Um, was the Eels contingent? And it was good to see the, probably the, Sivo's family. The, the, para, the para boys <laughs> did get out to like the, that part of the crowd and celebrate with them after the game as well. And I thought that the Australians played with a a good uh, spirit in that game as well. There was one moment where Tyson Frizzell got absolutely cut in half and Ben Hunt's just there cheering on, like literally cheering on the guy that cut um, Frizzell in half, patting him on the back and real pumped up for it. Uh, so that was that was pretty good. Um, yeah, so it was a pretty – I think they pulled their punches a lot towards the um, – after the first 20 minutes as well, the Australian team. I, I don't think they wanted to make it too big a score. Yeah, and no injuries, uh, which That's is always thing, positive. Yeah. Big thing right there. Um all right, well, let's run into the World Cup 9. See 10 Eels taking part and two from Wentworthville Magpies. Uh, so I'll start with the players first. Uh, in the USA team, there is uh, Danny Howard of Wentworthville. And have they got oh, Beretta Faremo, ex-Eel, uh, in there? And they don't have... No, he's not there. Um, Steph Paulo. Steph Paulo used to be Mr. USA, but did he defect to... Samoa, was it? I'm not sure. I mean, if I'm going to be honest, oh, I, I stopped keeping tabs on Sefa once he went to Cronulla. So. <laughs> there you are. Uh, but anyway, Danny Howard playing uh, in the USA Legend. team. Yep. And then Lakaelia Brown. Uh, I haven't heard that name before. Uh, apparently, a Wentworthville Magpie playing for PNG. Um, so that wraps up the 20 guys. And then into the Parramatta team. Uh, Parramatta players in the uh, squads, which is Australia, has Nathan Brown, Clint Gutho, and Mitch Moses. And then for Cook Islands, uh, current eel, but soon to not be eel after 31 October, Tet Maroa and Brad Takairangi. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked that Tep's actually playing. I thought, yeah, you would have come down and said, no, mate, you're now you know, contracted to us. 
but you know, evidently they're pretty fast and loose but he's about not. that. 31st of October runs, oh, 1st of November. Well, I guess it's a chance to play for your country. How I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not knocking Tep for it. I, I think it's cool what he wants to represent. Just I'm surprised that AAU didn't say, look, you know, we're now going to be paying you next year. We don't want you to take the risk. But you know, good on him for actually turning yeah, out no, for the I agree with that. Uh, Then Fiji, we've got Waka Blake and Makasivo, uh, the Sivo train. Uh, so we'd expect Fiji to be doing well. And then some junior eels for Lebanon, JP Nora and uh, Shabel Tassapale. Uh, how do you see that? those two um, young guys getting a run there? Yeah, I'm, I'm excited uh, you, for you it. You look at the – yeah, it's exciting for them, absolutely. But you look at that Lebanon team, you can see there's a, a dispute yeah. between the one, one of two nations that have the... a very big dis- heavy dispute with their rugby league boards. Obviously, Tonga being the other one. But – um. Uh, Charbel finished the season really strongly in the NYC or Jersey flag, whatever they officially call it these days. Um, while JP Nora has been one of our better fullback prospects, but sort of got between injuries and then competition with Johnny Fanua got stuck in the logjam. Um, also, Michael Chia got a bit of a look in at fullback this year too. So oh, I'm excited to see how they go. I'm not you know expecting the world for him, but uh, it'll be good for him to get a mix with some of the, the big boys and the big names in the NRL. And then um, Big Dick Dill Brown for New Zealand. <laughs> Um, that that's going to be cool. I, I I think he could be an absolute superstar in this format, given how good he is in the the side format. Um, yeah, and the New Zealand team is pretty good, so um, hopefully he gets to he doesn't have to play second fiddle there too much and gets a chance to actually you know run run the show a little bit. Yeah, well, there's a couple of halves. Well, if you call Cody Nicarima a half, <laughs> um, and Sean Johnson as well, as well as Charles Nickel Clodstad. So hopefully he's not parked behind all of those players, but we'll see. Um, Having a look at that squad, he, he certainly outplayed Sean Johnston this year and and Cody Nicarima and Chance. Um, so we'll just see. We'll see. All right, well, let's get to the draw then. So the, there are four pools, one of which is a women's pool, which play between themselves. But of the three pools, pool A, well, they don't do pools like they did for the, the Auckland Nines. It's just pool A. It's not the uh, – what did they have? They had uh, – Names Lado, of places. Lado Pungi or something. Yeah, the yeah. Yeah, the, the Waiheki. Let, let's make some up. The Waiheki. Waiheki was one of the pools in um, Waiheki, yep. that's right. Well, we'll call them after Parramatta, place in Parramatta. <laughs> okay. Parramatta Church is Pool A. <laughs> <laughs> Former Parramatta Pools is Pool B. <laughs> uh, the Richie the Ben Oval Pool. Bertie's Dam. Parramatta Dam is Parramatta Pool C. <laughs> Um, all right, Pool A. Yeah, uh, so two, two, the top two qualifiers from Pool A will advance on to the men's semis, and in that pool is Australia, New Zealand, PNG, and USA. In Pool B, only the top one qualifier will advance, which is England, France, Lebanon, and Wales. And then Pool C, again, the top qualifier in that pool will advance, which is Tonga, Samoa, Fiji, Cook Islands. And now I know you guys have all prepped really well and looked through those team lists. So give me your teams that are advancing to the semis. Oh, so Pool A, you I said- will start. <laughs> <laughs> Australia, New Zealand. That, that I'm seems go out on a limb pretty self-explanatory there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say Lebanon for Pool B. I'm going to pull one out of the hat. Ooh. And then Pool C, I'm going to go wide again and say Fiji over Tonga and Samoa. I like Fiji. I like Fiji and Pool C. Um, though, you know, given the format, anything can happen. But I do like Fiji. Um, oh, Lebanon over England and oh, and Wales even. I don't know. I don't like that England team at all. I was just having a look at it. Did, they, did they pick a bad team? Pretty dour. 
Well, if they've like, picked a bad team, maybe Lebanon could spring an upset there. Um, but yeah, poor way, self-explanatory though. Australia and New Zealand would be the hefty favourites to go through there. Um, PNG maybe could spring an upset, maybe, but nah. Australia, New Zealand, Fiji, and oh, maybe, maybe, maybe Hamish is on to something about the the, the Cedars getting through. I don't know. Will is hard to pick. What are your thoughts, Sam? Oh, Bertie! Mother... Mother... Truck and stupid audacity. All right, Bertie, we're just going through the draw at the moment for the pools. And who, who's your tip to make it through the pools? I've got Australia, New Zealand, Lebanon and Fiji. Um, well, see, I'm not prepared. I'm about as, useless, as useful as a um, screen door on a submarine, so... Take your time. I'll, I'll go through mine. I'll go through mine. So yeah, pull pull the uh, Parramatta Church pool. Um, <laughs> it's Australia, New Zealand. There's no pool. Uh, it's the Anzacs. Um, pool C. I'm going to go Fiji too. I just think um, there's not many uh, halves in the other teams, and Fiji. I think they'll just offload, and the power game there will be. Actually, you know who will play halfback for him is Viliami Kikau. He'll be the halfback for him. Pool B, France. Okay. Going for the, the frogs. I the don't, like going that in- don't like that England team. And the Lebanon team, I think, is too young. And sort of, if 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 they had sort of Farah, Moses, Mana, um, Twal, who else is, you know, they've got, a, they've got a few first graders in there. If they had those guys playing, I'd probably pick them. I think France might have it. A lot of their a lot of their players play together or have played together. Um, yeah, I think I think they'll, I think they'll go through. Well, you're right. There's a lot of Catalan dragons and Toulouse players there, so there is a bit of consistency. Bertie, have you had a chance to look at the draw now? Oh yeah, yeah. I've had a draw. Um, I had a look at the draw. So obviously, Pool A. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with New Zealand for some reason. Two teams. There's two from Pool A. Two two teams from Pool A. One team from Pool B and one team from Pool C. All right, well, see, I'm tipping New Zealand first, Australia second, and then from Pool B, I'm, I'm going to go with um, the French for some reason. I don't know; they surprise a lot of people sometimes. And I don't know, the I French, French are might... pretty pretty sneaky. The French. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> um, that's a bit bad joke. Uh, Pool C, I'm going to go with Fiji. Obviously, um, I don't know. You, you'd think. Like all the teams in this comp, who, in this um, competition, who's going to take it seriously? And you know, I'm thinking it's the lower nations, so I'm thinking Fiji for that. And then for the women's, oh, I don't know, I don't know where to start. Maybe, maybe England, probably. But um, yeah, it's. I, I have a feeling um a low. T- like I have a feeling Australia. I reckon Australia. I reckon the winners not going to come from pool A in terms of the whole tournament. I reckon it's going to come from pool B, C. Obviously, that's only two pools left, but um. I don't think I think this is going to be a surprise uh, tournament for for the big nations. So yeah. Well, I've got Australia taking it out overall in both the men's and the women's with the Australia New Zealand final in the women's. I think in the men's it'll be a New Zealand Fiji final. And forty, have you got any insight for the women's or the finals for the men's? Or Either both. way, uh, finals for the men's. I assume that Australia and New Zealand will go through on separate sides of the pool if they um they qualify A and B in their pool A. Um, so 
I think they're the favourites to get through the final. I would like to see Fiji sneak an upset, though. But I'll, I'll go for the safe pick, Australia, New Zealand. And then the the women's. Um, I'm, did Eng- did it, how did England go on the, the full full code World Cup for the women's? Were they good or not? They weren't too bad, yeah. I think they were up in the final four. So I, I think that Australia is probably the favourite for the women still. But um, I do. I would like to see um, you know, a bit of competition there because New Zealand's obviously a handy team there, and they've they've taken the Australians to task plenty of times in the Ladies Cup. But uh, yeah, I think Australia will probably take out the the women's uh, nines. All right, so we've given you our top ten Eels players to look out for. They are the ten players who are playing uh, in the tournament, and uh, not the. Uh, Non Eels players, as was tagged in the Eels Twitter <laughs> so during confusing. this week. <laughs> I got a rude shock when I thought it was all Eels players. It yeah. was Moses first in the video, and then it was followed by uh, TPJ. Is that right? Yeah, Pang Pangai was in there for sure, and there was um was yeah Gareth Peter Pangai Junior. And I thought we'd we'd sign somebody without me knowing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but then Widop after that sort of yeah, made it quite apparent that it wasn't um, us, but. Yeah, you'd really hope for all of those blokes to to step up for their home countries. Um, I don't think you need to take too much out of the nines. All we can hope for is no injuries. Um, but I would really like to see JP Nora and Charbel Tassapale uh, step up for Lebanon. And um, Dill Brown, I'm going to be enjoying seeing him in action. And I'll be there live on the Friday night for Australia v New Zealand. Um, although I'll have the Aussie jersey on, I'll be uh, cheering for Dil, Big Dick Dill Brown. <laughs> DDB. All right. So just to confirm the times, Friday the 18th of October kicks off at 6.20 p.m. with France and Lebanon and then finishes at 9.25 p.m. is the last starting time for the last game with PNG and USA. And then on the Saturday, kicks off at 11.30 a.m. with the women, New Zealand and PNG. And then the fi- men's final is scheduled to start at 9 p.m. Wow, uh, so mate. a full two days of football. Um, pretty keen. Going to be heading out there on Friday. Anybody else get tickets? You can get two for one at the moment. No, I, I didn't get tickets. So I elected not to. Fifteen dollars for a ticket. It's not bad for anyone that wants to go out there. So yeah, I, I'm probably going to give it a pass. But that's just me. But I'd recommend anyone that's interested in the Nines getting out there. Well, I am interested, but anyone that's interested in attending live. Where do you oh, get? Well, I think that'll be getting out there? Up. Yeah, the equipment on the night. All right, well, we'll jump into the off. Uh, didn't you want to do your comparison? Is that what we're still saving that ham? All right, oh, we'll uh, uh, for Mark O'Neill and uh, get get. I'm not sure how to say it. It's, it's such <laughs> goody, a, goody, goody, goody. Yeah, just yeah. You know, we're talking about we were, you and I were discussing it being uh, lifelong cheeseheads. Um, you know, they're sort of new into the role, and you see um, what Mark O'Neill has done, and uh, seven hundred fifty thousand for Moses reportedly, um, and then allegedly, um, Cody Walker is being offered eight hundred by South and nine hundred elsewhere. Um, I think Moses is a much better pure half than Cody Walker is. Um, even though the contract drew, uh, was drawn out with Clinton Gutherson, uh, we seem to get m- more of a favoured deal there. He's, I think, he's probably not in that tier. We've talked, we've spoken about it before. The top tier of fullback. Sort of probably in that second tier. If he's on around five hundred thousand, that's a good um, deal. There, there was talk in the week. Reed on three hundred thousand. Um, if he can get Madison over, you know, just they're young. Got like they're sort of new into their roles at their new clubs, and I just um, 
a lot of similarities between the Eels and the Packers at the moment. And I'm 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 glad I'm a, a lifelong supporter of both. You know, you look at the pack who the, who the Packers are signed and since um. Yeah, you look Dude. at the two brothers. Uh, what's that? Oh. Uh, nine nine s- sacks for Smith <laughs> in six games. Pretty good, eh? Yeah, I, I haven't been able to keep count. That's for sure. So. <laughs> All right, I think we'll stop you there. Is that is that how you, <laughs> is that how Ham got his promotion at work? Just talking out talking out his backside about stuff. Good job, buddy. <laughs> Um, what do you Bertie, mean? Bertie, we want to hear about your cowboys. <laughs> you know, Does Bertie you know, want to hear about his cowboys? Oh um, God. I've, uh, this is I thought I suffered enough as a Parramatta fan. To this be is bullying, Bertie. Like, the amount of shit I've put up with, and, you know, like I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm broken. I don't know how you, of course, Philadelphia get the Luke Falk Jets the week before, and we get Sammy Darnold, you know, coming from Mono, and, you know, um, shame on our defense. You know, last two years they've called themselves the Hot Boys. I rec- I'm not a fan of self-proclaimed or self-named nicknames. You know, and it just didn't sit well. And now they're, they're too busy, you know, flexing on Instagram and shit. Like, you know, get out there and start sacking the quarterback. Like, it's ridiculous. And um, yeah, I'll see you once again. I, I thought I suffered enough. You know, I can't. I'm not going to give up on them. I don't give up on my teams. But I mean, the yeah. NFC East is wide open, so I wouldn't be too worried about that. But, like, the defense, like, people are saying we're a championship defense. You know, Tank gets paid. Like, do something. You're not doing anything, and it's just... Um, There's a little bit of that going around, though, because Tank Tank got paid after, you know, a couple of really good seasons. Um, uh, Demarcus Lawrence, for those... Is that right? Demarcus Lawrence? Is that, yeah, Demarcus Lawrence. For those that aren't 100% certain what the nickname Tank means. But um, but also, we, we traded Frank Clark to the Chiefs this year, and he got paid, and he's done nothing as well. So there's been a few, like, you know, blue-chip defensive linesmen that got their big payday. I don't, I don't think they've checked out or anything, just they haven't been able to be as effective as they had been in the years leading up to their big deals. So I don't know if teams are game-planning better for the, you know, the marquee pass rushes or not, but um, that seems to be a, a theme at well, the you moment. you look at last week, last week the Jets got sacked 10 times. Now, okay, you can put it down to this QB this week, got it out quicker, but where this... You know, I've been saying it. Even look, I wasn't getting happy with that three no start. We versed no one, but our defense was doing nothing. No turn, no takeaways, nothing like just turnover downs. And you know, okay, it's good, but we're in a league where you got to start forcing turnovers with you know with interceptions and fumbles, and it's just. Oh, Are you right? I just I, su- I subscribe to the uh, the Cowboys odd years oh. um, theory, <laughs> which is every second year they're garbage. <laughs> uh, hey, Nate, that, and it's like the Carolina Panthers. I don't know. Thing. The coach has to go, but. The coach just stands there like did you, he does nothing. Did you, you see know, the like um, the image of Garrett coming off the sideline trying to get high fives and just everyone ignored him? Uh, I, I, I yeah, don't know if he's just, lost the playing group or not, but it doesn't look good. What would you um, yeah, what would you know. say Dak's worth on the market right now? Because he held it, he turned down the thirty million dollar offer. Um, what would you say he's <laughs> worth? I honestly think, I, look, because the after the three games, I don't want to pay him. Right after the first three games, he's not worth what he is, and. Okay, he's had three losses now, but I legitimately think he he's worth twenty five million. But we're not in we're not in the market today nowadays where QBs are getting twenty five million. Unfortunately, yeah, they get paid even they're mediocre. Yeah, yeah. Kirk Cousins yeah, you changed at, everything. Like, you look at Russell. <laughs> oh yeah, like you look at Russell Wilson. You, you, know, you look at um, Carson Wentz. You look at golf. They're not even worth their money. It's just every year someone they have to up it, and it's just sooner or later. Are you are you, are you like, putting shit on on, on current MVP favorite Russell Wilson? Excuse me. 
I'm not saying he's worth 30. I reckon he's probably worth 28, but like you can't tell me you can't tell me golf is worth more than Wentz. And no, the the, the, go, the golf contract's another misnomer there. You're right. Um, Wilson's obviously paid, at least he's you know playing at MVP level, but golf got paid. Um, and it's put the Rams into a big hole because they, they paid Gurley and he's got an arthritic knee that's now made him look like, you know, a second-rate uh, second RB. And uh, they paid Goff and it turns out he needs Daddy um, McVeigh to make all the reads for him. And uh, as soon as he has any pressure, like, he, he crumbles. Look, Mahomes is going to get probably $40 million a year. I don't even think he's worth that. I think he's worth $35 million. At, some, at some point, we're going to see the break-even where it's worth paying the franchise QB or trading him away for a King's yeah. ransom. And that we're we're getting close to that tipping yeah. point, yeah. Yeah, but I legitimately think Dak's probably worth twenty eight max because look, he's not gonna he's not gonna put up big numbers in terms of throwing it, you know, airing the ball out. But he's a game manager, and realistically, he needs weapons around him. He can't. It's not like you look at the Packers, right? You've got no receivers. You've got people out of the crowd. You put if you get Aaron Rodgers. Hey, 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 hey. No, I'm complimenting. Talking about Jesus put, Kumaro here. Sweet potato, <laughs> baby. Say, like. It's like even same with Tom Brady right now. He's got no one. You can put people out of the crowd, and he'll make he'll he'll find them open. It's just you need elite QBs. And at, at the risk of invoking like, the curse, Brady's actually been fairly mediocre this year. He's getting carried by an incredible defense. But um, yeah. yeah. But he's yeah. got no receivers at the moment. Okay, that's like, enough. That's enough Cowboys talk. Forty. Yeah. Fuck. Uh, are we doing our shoutouts now? Yes. Yes. Um. Seattle got a, a good comeback from behind win against Cleveland. It wasn't pretty, but um, makes them improve the five and one. And they're still not the best in their team. They're fucking pardon my French in their body uh, conference at the moment with the 49ers going five and zero with a game in hand because they had the early buy. So it's, that's a little bit upsetting. And it feels like Wilson's had the anti Brady path, whereas Brady's had you know the a- open AFC East for his entire career. Wilson's always had at least one championship caliber team in the NFC West. Every year, whether it's been the uh, 49ers early on, then the Cardinals, and then more recently the Rams, and now it's back to the 49ers. So that's always been rough for him. But yeah, they're looking pretty good. Unfortunately, Will Disley did an Achilles, which is really devastating. He was um, one of the best young tight ends in the game. He was absolutely killing it this year, and then non-contact Achilles. So scans haven't come back yet, but it looks like he's going to be out for the season. Um, Sides from that, NBA is getting back on, and we we talked about it last week with um, South Park and the NBA, and Unfortunately, LeBron came out with a rather um, damning statement on himself about how the the uh, GM of the, the Rockets was misinformed and didn't really know what he was talking about as far as supporting Hong Kong. And that was um, certainly uh, blew up today, especially given that LeBron's got a very um, uh, involved past in uh, in uh, social justice and all that sort of things. And unfortunately, it looks like the, the almighty dollar is what really counts to LeBron. And let's move on to him. I've had my say. I'm an <laughs> go pack go. <laughs> um, all right, yeah. And the Packers winning on two completely non-controversial calls <laughs> at the back end of uh, today's game. Um, so all I can here. say is, when your team, you know, might get a couple of fortunate calls, relish in it. Serve it on opposition fans because we've been as Eels fans on the receiving end <laughs> of it more <laughs> often than fair. not. Um, so I relish in it. Um, what else is there going on? There's Rugby World Cup. Uh, go the Blossoms. Um, Wallabies look fucking... Uh, sorry. Wallabies <laughs> look disgraceful in their win over Georgia on the weekend, so I can't see them beating England. How about... Um, I was more optimistic earlier in the uh, the tournament, but they they were absolute garbage last... Michael uh, Checker coming out and commenting on Ricky Stewart. Like, that was just so weird. Like, 
because Stewart's been involved with the English coaching staff, I believe. Um, but yeah, he just felt the need to, to comment on it. Yeah, it's weird. Um, maybe to try to tact, to detract from his squad's poor performances, possibly, and his own poor performances as coach. Um, so. Uh, yeah, definitely go the Blossoms. That's who I'm I'm on the back of there. I think they're playing South Africa again, who they famously beat. And there was a documentary made about it. Uh, not a documentary, sorry, a film film made about it uh, in the last World Cup. Uh, so, and hopefully no more typhoons. Other than that, I don't know what too much sport. Oh, yeah, yeah there's the, the Everest this weekend. So if you like the ponies, uh, get on the Everest. And, uh, Although I had one... They're, Sorry, they're doing the Melbourne Cup lane draw, aren't they? They're turning it into like a NFL draft style thing. If I'm not oh, mistaken, they, they, yeah. they always do the draws. They do it like it's a it's the ball out of the yeah. They always do a draw. I think they're trying to make it into a gala event now. I don't know if it always was. Oh, but. well, you know, yeah, they always try to do that sort of yeah. shit. And um, yeah, no, rugby world cup's going to be pretty good this weekend, even though it'll clash with. <laughs> The NRL um, starting at six fifteen PM for Australia, uh, but there's a couple of good games there: New Zealand, Ireland, Wales, France, Japan, South Africa. That do us. Saying GTFO yeah, to the the All right, We'll be back next week just to wrap up the nines, uh, give our takes on all the uh, Eels performances within the tournament. Hopefully, some updated signing news, maybe if we can um, kick the tires on the Madison situation or any of the other backrows. Wait, nines about. this weekend. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ, Birdie! So I thought we could. I thought it was like a, um, well, the end of October. Why would we have the podcast? I mean, have you looked at the date? It's the fifteenth of October. That's a bit too soon, isn't it? You know, like no, because no, they have to do it early because players are mandated a certain amount of time off in the off season, and the clubs get screwed over in their preseason if this stuff drags out too long. So they have to get it done as soon as after, after the grand finals they can, because as it is, uh, it's already going to be real tight for clubs and their preseasons. Yeah, don't clubs usually start at the beginning of January, uh, beginning of December, sorry, and they have like a couple uh, weeks and then... First of November, they usually report in and do some um, pre- like preliminary stuff and then they'll let the players break for a bit and then come back and then break for Christmas. So, yeah, the it, it, like last time the World Cup really messed up Parramatta's preseason plans, I know that, and that, that went into our 2018 debacle of a season. So, just it's one thing to keep it all eye out for for clubs because this stuff is hard to uh, to manage. All right, we'll wrap it up there. We'll be back next week. Bertie, Bertie, just to confirm, we will be recording next week, just to wrap this up. And then you've got oh, your Christmas yeah. break. Okay. I'll, I'll be back. I'll, I'll make sure I'll turn up. Okay, too easy. Well, I'll send you a reminder in the morning this time. <laughs> All right. Um, All right, cheers, guys. Well, hopefully to see out there at the nines. Um, there's still tickets available. Um, but if not, we'll catch you on the next Para podcast. Cheers. Too easy. Catch you, boys. Yeah.